You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive him to be. And whatever your labors and aspirations in the noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful. Strive to be happy. Should I say welcome back to my TCK podcast? What you just heard was a partial reading of Asim's favorite poem, Desiderata by Max Ehrman. Asim is my guest this week. Thank you all for joining us for the 17th episode of my TCK podcast, where we answer ridiculous questions like, where are you from? My podcast's explores the lives of those of us who grew up cross-culturally and have what we call a third culture mentality with weak ties to one particular cultural bubble and all that may imply. We are taking a different angle this week on TCKs or third culture kids. As you may know, TCKs often come from emigrating families where the kids are being raised by immigrants who move to a new country. I brought three young ladies onto the podcast a few weeks ago in episode 13, and they will be returning again next week with one extra special guest. But in today's episode, I have chosen to celebrate those with disabilities by bringing Asim on to tell his story. He is the father of three TCKs, and he will be talking about raising kids with autism and how that changed his life. There are so many things I love about this story. So many. Aspects of Eastern cultural values in a Western world, being a parent, I'm a parent, and the need for family to hang together to face challenges. But I don't want to spoil it or give up too much information. Let's listen in on his story. So yeah, I was born and uh, raised in Pakistan. And after my graduation, actually a couple of years after my graduation, I moved to Canada as a landed immigrant. I originally, uh, like initially I, I landed in Vancouver and then I live in four or five months in Toronto and then different city. But right now I'm living in this city for last. So I am in Windsor, uh, 
probably 15 years now. This is probably my home. My kids, they are born here. And my wife also from Pakistan. So my kids are Canadian. <laughs> but how did you end up in Canada? Uh, that's a funny story. You know, I, I never had any intention moving to Canada. One of my friends, you know, uh, he was, uh, he was a student in USA. He was visiting Pakistan. He said, you know, why don't you try, uh, move to Canada? And I took very casually. I just applied. I was qualified. So I, I applied and eventually I landed here. And <laughs> <laughs> so I did not have any, any intention, any ambitions about, you know, ambitions about Canada, but someone, you know, just influence forced me. And then, you know, I came here. Wow. So that's all it takes to get to Canada. That's it was literally five minute discussion, you know, at a mechanic shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, for Americans, it's very difficult to get into America. The immigration system is a mess and it's just, it's yeah. funny because every time I hear about people moving to Canada, it just, it's exactly the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the case for you. Five minute conversation, you applied, yeah. you ended up in Canada for the rest of your life. Exactly. You are an executive working for a company in Canada, but I'm assuming it didn't start out that way. Uh, one of the reasons I was looking to move to Canada back then is I started e-commerce very early in my life. And e-commerce was new idea at that time. You know, I'm talking about 1997, 98. It was very new idea. And in Pakistan, I did not have that much opportunity to really implement it. So I met someone, they came from US and they were getting some IT training and I was training them. That's how I said, okay, if I'm moving to Canada, probably that's a good opportunity for me to start an e-commerce. I started with, you know, I become co-founder very early in my life. Oh, okay. The moment I landed, after a couple of months, we started working on the idea. Yes, I have good days and bad days, but I never had that, that kind of a struggle, which, uh, you know, all the immigrants, you know, go through in, in, in their initial phase of life. For me, there was always an opportunity to go back. If I always have a plan B that if I do not like Canada, I'm going to go back. Eventually, you know, I started business, it was success, and then I settled here. I don't think you can get more fortunate than that, starting yeah. a e-commerce business in the dot-com era and yeah and making your money there so i'm coming from you know an eastern culture in eastern culture Fatherhood is something, you know, we celebrate that thing, you know, having kids. Whether you like it, you don't like it, we we see all the dreams through our children. Mm. This is how, you know, the, the culture works. And children is something, you know, we dedicate our life, devote our lives. And education is very important for us. All the things which probably you haven't got the chance to do, you think, you know, your children's going to do all those things. Mm. So... Uh, it's a cultural thing, you know, sometimes people do not like it in some cultures and in, in our culture, this is norm. I got married. I was very much focused on my business. I was kind of, you know, a very business oriented person. I was thinking that money can solve many problems. Your brain can solve many problems. 
I'm not saying I do not have emotions, but when you work as an entrepreneur, you have some sort of self-belief where you believe in yourself too much. So what happened, you know, my first son, he born in 2006 and everything was fine. Like he was very beautiful, handsome, you know, everything was perfect. Whatever you, you think about, you know, that you're going to have a healthy son. But after I would say around 18, 90 months, I started seeing, you know, that he's not talking. So one day I was visiting some place I saw in a pamphlet. It says, you know, if you, if your son cannot utter like 30, 30 words or something, he has some speech difficulty. I didn't know at that time what autism is, but some, some signs of autism. But I, I thought, you know, this, this is different. Like he is not following the instruction. He is too much fixated in something. And then I moved from that city to the other city. We found a doctor and she said, no, your son has has problem and you need help. Even that time, you know, I thought probably, you know, I'm going to solve this problem with my money because I was making good money. And I said, no, money going to solve the problem. I'm going to hire the therapy and this, this is not a big deal. Mm-hmm. He diagnosed with severe autism at age of four or four and a half. And at that time, you know, my life changed because what I was taking non-serious, you know, for the last two years, I saw that everything started crumbling, meaning, you know, all the dreams and all the emotions. I have another son. He was 15 months younger. And now your your elder son is having some difficulties. And mm-hmm. then I started, you know, getting knowledge on internet, what autism is and what is severe autism, what is non-severe autism. And that time, you know, uh, my whole life changed. I, from <clears throat> still, you know, I was thinking that I can get therapy. I was spending money, but there is no progress. Life changed. And I started seeing life differently from a different perspective. For my whole life, I was a good student, good professional. Everything was good until I see the other world or the other side of the world. Is there a particular moment that you would think that you've realized where that changed? No, there is no specific moment. It was actually, you know, the, all the struggles. There were uh, six therapists, you know, they are coming every day for six, seven hours. So very intensive, you know, program he was in, but there was no progress. And day by day, you're losing the hope and not going to have any effect because they are trying their best, but he is different. He, he, he's not going to get it. So you are moving, but you're not moving, you know, uh-huh. or you are going into to a destination, which is very unknown. You don't know what exactly going to happen. I was still living in the past. I used to see everything from my children's, you know, life, like everything was about, you know, children. But now you're saying that he is different. I would say in six, seven, eight months, I started realizing after getting, you know, intensive therapy that this therapy is not going to, you know, work. Yeah. They're going to have maybe five, 10% effect on him, but not too much. Now, you know, because my first one has an issue, we started the process and, you know, unfortunately, he was, he was also diagnosed with autism. And at that time, you know, everything mm. was shattered, you know, that how come? And that was the biggest surprise because no one knew that he going to be diagnosed with autism as well. And then I have a daughter now and the yeah. daughter was only, and he, she was, you know, two years younger to the second one. And uh-huh. she is like, 
even she is not talking or she she's having you know tantrum sometimes that was uncertainty because you cannot diagnose you know too early right so now everything was so bad <laughs> i cannot even describe like you know one after another and then you know the uncertainty with the third one that her yeah what, the second one was the break point for us was the second one mm. we accepted for this first one the second one was now you have the second one and the third one she's too young to diagnose right you never know what's going to happen after two years right so so that's that's the thing you know so first one has a different struggle second one was you know a shock and the third one was the uncertainty right uh, would you say that's had an impact on her in some ways not impact directly but some for somewhat indirectly but what happened is you know when you have a severe autistic kid in uh -huh. your family your lifestyle changes so what other kids deserve they were they were not getting those things so you are limited with outdoor activities you are limited with certain things you know and uh so let's suppose if my 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 son has a hyper energy you know that he runs he shouts so so now you know the, the other kids they do not understand like what's going on right, right. so they suffer and then you know you cannot go to shopping malls you cannot go to to restaurant this is not their mistake you know but as a family unit they need to they need to suffer you know right how old is your daughter now so my daughter she's in grade nine now she's going in grade nine so she oh, okay. is almost 14 she's gonna be 14 uh this year in august yeah same as mine Um, you sent me a piece written about your oldest son, I believe. I mean, you, you've mentioned emotions, uh, that you've had and kind of a breaking point where you discovered your second son mm -hmm. is, you know, uh, has uh, autism as well. I got the sense yeah. from what I read of a very different father than one that's broken. <laughs> That was the first phase. So the first phase was, you know, all the emotions and everything, you know, and and <clears throat> you don't see anything in the future or whatever, you know, for them. So what happened, I said, okay, here is the thing. The reality is we cannot do certain things. So let's find something which they love. But let's find something which they like. Now, my elder son, you know, the older one, he always loved colors and paintings. I said, probably he has the talent. He has amazing talent for the colors. That's for sure. He was very smart with colors. He used to have an iPad and he used to play with colors and he can mix the colors. Uh, he used to like write in alphabets and he, he used to make you know, different colors of alphabet. And he was so quick and so, so sharp in, in picking, you know, different colors, shades and hues. So I thought probably he, he has a talent. It was a discovery phase. So second phase, I would say, you know, it, it we accepted it. My wife and I accepted the reality. And I said, okay, here is the thing. We need to do something. We need to find the talent and we need to try. So we tried everything from music to horse riding, to soccer, to basketball, to gymnastic, you name it. And then also in the painting and art and drawing. We found, you know, that he is painting. 
Like he loves drawing, he loves painting. And that's, I, I said to my wife, okay, I guess, you know, this is it. We tried everything, but this is the only thing where we see, you know, he, he pay attention. So let's focus. That's how, you know, we started his journey to become an artist. We regrouped after the first, probably I would say, 12 months or 15, 16 months of, you know, emotionally breakdown phase. We grouped, then we start focusing on, on their strength. And this is how, you know, we discovered that he has a talent of doing amazing art. We started hiring teachers, providing all the resources. Now the hiring teachers is also uh, difficult. We, I live in a small city. Not everyone is willing to work with him. Not everyone is trained to work with autistic kids. But eventually, you know, we found a good teacher. She started giving time and then from one medium to the other medium from one type of painting to the other type of painting to the other type of painting you know we started discovering his his style his medium his his way of interpretation like how he draw things and this is how he's an amazing artist now but uh, it's a long journey it took us probably i would say around 10 years to find uh, his strength but we never gave up like never, not even one day, we never gave up. And eventually, you know, what I realized that this is all my responsibility. Like I should be providing, parents should be providing resources regardless your kids are autistic or non-autistic, you know. Uh, my role is to give them the direction and give, provide them the resources and that's all, you know, let them, let them grow. You, you talked about mediums that your son enjoyed. Was there, are there particular, what particular art did he find that he enjoyed most? Yeah. So initially, you know, we started with pencil and animals and stuff because he used to, you know, watch all animal videos. So I thought probably he's into animals and probably he cannot draw because usually, you know, people have color pencils and, but then that didn't work. Then, you know, we gave him crayons to play with crayons. It, it did not work. Then, you know, we found that he is he's good with oil pastels. But we tried landscape, we tried architecture, we tried still, we tried you know, many things. And uh, he was not finding a way until one day, you know, we found that he's exceptionally good with human faces. But the amazing thing was his drawing is perfect. Like if you if you force him to draw something, a same figure he can draw. But I found that, you know, he always draw faces especially human faces differently and that's where we found that he is into human faces and how he processes human face is is different than how common person process like we see shades and we see, see see lights we see you know we see different nose and eyes he sees you know those things as a shape mm -hmm. like different shape and different colors. This is how he see. He see, you know, human face as a geometrical figure. The combination of different phases, uh, different shapes, combines together. That's a human. This is how you know he interpret. So that become his his expertise. And then we started giving him, you know, only human faces. Does uh, draw human faces, and he loves it. So, for example, his his attention span, you know, when he's sitting on on a dining table 
is five seconds, 10 seconds maximum. He cannot sit. He needs to run, come, eat, run. This is, this is how he, he eats. But give him, you know, uh, mm -hmm. his paints and, and a canvas and something to draw five hours, he's not going to bother. Like he's going he gonna to sit five hours. From 7, you know, 6.30 in the morning to, you know, 7.30 in, in the evening, he has the same level of energy, you know. <laughs> so, and the focus. In my first phase where I was emotionally disturbed, you know, about his future. Now, when, when I see, I see, like, he is the most successful person because in the last five, six years, he achieved many things which a common right. person cannot achieve. Like, he's still, he, he's he's going to be in grade 12. Now, my son, he, he got recognized this year. He was on national TV. I was on radio show. He was on the school board website on their social media. He was on on CBC, which is Canadian Broadcasting Company's, you know, homepage for, I don't know, so many years. He's on the cover page of, of Autism Magazine and everything. He's like 17 years old now, and he has achieved so many things which, you know, people do not achieve in their lifetime. Right. And I see as a success. And, and everything which I had about autism and special need it's totally different now. I, I think, you know, these kids are very talented. It's just, you know, the discovery phase is something uh, which is difficult for parents. But if you do, you know, continuous discovery and struggle and, and, and enjoy that struggle as well, you know, that's, that's important. Like you need to enjoy that, okay, from one failure to the other failure to the other failure and you keep working, keep working, keep working. Eventually, you know, you're going to find that they are very exceptionally good in, in, mm. in one thing. Uh, this is how I see now uh, all the depression and everything which I had before, mm. you know, when he diagnosed, it's gone. <laughs> now I, I'm, I'm more motivated that, you know, he's going to be more successful than anyone. I think uh, there's so many angles to take with just that story. But yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a story kind of in a story that I, I know you being modest uh, aren't going to say it this way. But I think what's crucial to me, in, in my opinion, is the fact that his parents made the turn like they were willing to make the commitment as parents to see it through. Do you know what I mean? Not everyone yeah. has parents like yeah, so, your son. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yes and no. Um, so I, I'll give you another backstory. So we used to go to a soccer league and there were kids over there and they were very talented kids. You know, they were playing soccer and they were enjoying soccer, although they, they have challenges. Some, some have physical challenges, some have mental challenges, some had both. One day I was talking to you know, the, the organizer of that league and he said to me, you know, uh, when I see you and your wife, I got excited and it gives me so much motivation to work on these kids. But when I see other parents, you know, it's so depressing because 
they are getting divorced because of their kids because it's so difficult to live with you know special need kids they have so much challenges and then i started realizing that you know what happened when you have a special need kid especially you know with autism or any mental disability it's very challenging for parents to to focus on the well-being of the kids kids mm. as a family unit and they started having difficult you know relationship mm. issues because now your life is totally focused on one person your friends and family and support system your job your business uh, your socialization your traveling plan whatever it's all changed you know based on the severity of 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 your children condition and people are not willing to sacrifice right and what happened they got divorced what happened i i wouldn't say you know that this is me who motivated or this is my wife this was probably a family unit i'll give an example my daughter she is very sensitive she was seeing in all this struggle with with both brothers but she got so strong in getting things neutralized at very early age she was not even 4 years old but she was starting facilitating or mediating you know that come on you guys need to be calm you know you guys need to be like she becomes kind of boss mm-hmm. but in a in a good way one day i was surprised like she was in grade 2 and i went to school and i found her you know in the principal office i asked the clerk why you know <laughs> she's sitting here she said she's so good that you know whenever we have an issue with any kids in the school oh, we call her and she, she can you know <laughs> she can manage the situation because she knows how to manage kids what i'm explaining is you know my daughter was still you know she's she's mm-hmm. so amazing like she she understand everything so i wouldn't say you know one person or the other person it was a family unit we decided like we know we cannot go outside and mm-hmm. eat in a closed enclosure we know you know when we're going to go outside we're going to have limited uh, opportunity to entertain ourselves and they accepted at very early stage never had any complaint with us why you are giving so much attention to one person and you're not giving us mm-hmm. the attention she know that my older brother has has condition and the parents has to be focused more on them and this is kind of in the family unit the lesson i i would say is the family unit if your family as a unit support each other and understand each other you are going to see better results parenting is one element but family is is the core element of the success of any individual or as a group you know as a family and and you know i i would say one more thing what i think our society is missing is the understanding of mental deficiencies or mental illness or mental disability why having a mental disabilities at all like people have cancer people have diabetes people have blood pressure people have hypertension people have you know some physical disability back pain but when we talk about something you know not right with with the brain why this is become a taboo that you are saying this person is crazy right. except why if someone has autism people hide you know these things 
you know, not in North America, it's getting better, but in many cultures, they hide. I know people, you know, they have learning disability and they were hiding for 15, mm-hmm. 17 years until that person becomes yeah. suicidal, right? Then they realize that we were hiding because it's a taboo and pe- how people are going to see our family and the, how people are going to see our... So they were living in yeah. denial, you know, or they were hiding, you know, all these things. And this is the worst part of our society where individuals or as a community, we are not appreciating that if someone is is doing something for in, in this area, we are not right. recognizing it. I am forever blessed and changed by having heard this story three or four times already. Um, first, of course, talking to Asim, and then the recordings and editing of the podcast. I've grown up with a deep conviction that all lives do indeed matter. I think we often outsmart ourselves and become too pragmatic and fail to see the beauty. To those who you give labels to rendering them less capable than others. This story suggests otherwise when we are patient and loving in a community that we can help others discover where their purpose lies and it starts in the home. In the show notes is Asim's LinkedIn contact information. If you want to connect with him yourself, maybe you have questions regarding autism that he could help you answer. Also, there are links of some of the media attention his son has gotten for his artistic talents. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you want to give me feedback, by all means, contact me. My info is also in the show notes. Until next time.